another thing that I see a lot of small business owners are not willing to toot their own horns, promote themselves. They aren't confident enough to say, hey, I can provide this for you. And then they don't charge enough and then go downhill. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Employed Journey podcast. I'm Cami Powell, your host, a self-diagnosed serial entrepreneur, successful business owner, author, and mom. I'm also a student working towards my PhD in business, driven to lead a movement of increasing small business success rates through an epidemic of failures. So each week, I'll be dropping new episodes filled with inspiration, motivation, tips and tricks to help you thrive and survive through the crazy world that is small business ownership. I've lined up some pretty phenomenal guests in a variety of industries that are ready to share their own secrets for running a successful business. Whether you're self-employed or you want to be, make sure to subscribe for updates on new episodes as they're released. Let's do this. We're interviewing today, Natalie Ransom. You live in Bellingham, Washington. We've never met, but I've heard great things about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. And so can you give the listeners a little bit of background as to who you are, what your business is, then we're going to dive into some cool stuff. My name is Natalie Ransom. And I am the owner of Posey by Natalie, which is a floral design business. Uh, I also really love plants, too. So I do a lot of things with plants and flowers. And uh, yeah, I've lived in Bellingham since 2001. I'm originally from Michigan, grew up on a farm. And my dad just really instilled in me this love of flowers and taught me how to arrange them. And we grew them and we'd also go and forage for flowers. And now I've lived in Bellingham longer than I've ever lived anywhere. And just really happy that I'm able to do the thing that I'm most passionate about in such a beautiful place. What brought you here? It was Google, actually. So um, (laughs) okay, (laughs) not not working for them. But uh, yeah, so my partner at the time and I, we were just itching to get out of the Midwest and head head west and we were going to move to Bozeman, Montana for no particular reason at all. And then a friend of his said, I'm moving to a place called Bellingham. And so I I googled Bellingham and I thought that looks great. (laughs) Let's go to Bellingham instead of Bozeman. And that was a a Wednesday and we moved to Bellingham on a Sunday. Oh Um, my God. And that was, yeah, that was in 2001. And yeah, my, my ex has been, he got the Midwest and I got to keep Bellingham. So, (laughs) well, okay. So you have a green thumb. I do not. I kill every plant. People, when I was pregnant, questioned me at work whether I was going to be able to keep my child alive (laughs) because I couldn't keep my bamboo alive. So I'm jealous of people like you. (laughs) So I have a question. So you come from the Midwest and then you're talking about Bellingham and how we have like flowers that we ship all over. So are there different flowers in the Midwest? And did you have to learn a different tactic when you moved? So a lot of the flowers that grow here also grow in the Midwest, especially where I'm specifically from, but the growing season is much shorter. And particularly in the town that I'm from, there's not an incredibly high demand 
for flowers as there is here where just in Bellingham and you know Ferndale and the surrounding area I have no idea how many flower farms there are but I probably purchase from at least you know seven to, to ten these are sometimes very small operations or people are just getting started up to like larger scale operations like Triple Wren who is also shipping out to down to Seattle and I think her flowers are probably going ending up in other states and and then to the Dahlia growers here into the tuber business so just selling the Dahlia tuber once the plants are done so that people can grow their own dahlias. So I feel like there was a lot of flowers I already knew about. I worked at Rebecca's Flower Shop in Fairhaven for many years. So I learned a lot about the flower types that were here from her and got, got a lot of experience with the Washington flowers. But really growing up, the flowers that I worked with were just whatever we grew on the farm or could forage. Let's go back into your childhood. Because these are the stories that I love to hear. For entrepreneurs, typically there's something that leads me to why I'm self-employed. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, I would say that like I suck at so many things that like not (laughs) sucking at doing flowers is just really exciting. (laughs) But I am not a sporty person. Do not say heads up and throw a ball at me. I will power (laughs) and the ball will hit me in the face. I don't want to play dodgeball ever. Growing up on the farm and foraging with my dad and making these arrangements from the stuff we grew in our gardens and looking at it and, and going, this is good. I can recognize that that this looks nice and I, I won some blue ribbons at the at the county fair when I entered my arrangements and it's always stuck out to me as the thing that I'm clearly good at and I also love that it intertwines people so much in emotions and just the way that people react to flowers I've always loved seeing that yeah I, it's just always been my my thing that I am good at I've heard that from flower delivery people where they're like I love this because you're making someone's day and even if it's they're having a sad day when you show up with flowers they're smiling they're happy yeah there's only every once in a while where it's an apology gone wrong and the person no I don't want it I don't want anything from that person but that's a very slim amount of the delivery oh that's gotta be (laughs) awkward it is so you were working at Rebecca's flower shop that's a very important step so similar to my story where I had purchased a coffee stand I worked in coffee for a good five years and so you had the background growing up on the farm got the blue ribbons at the fair as a kid super cool as an adult then moving up here working at a flower shop to learn more about what you could provide it was very smart did you have in the back of your mind while you were doing that that I'm going to open up my own business soon I knew that I would open up my own business but I did not think that it would be flowers because I just didn't think that it would be possible to do the thing that I you know liked the most and I'm not really sure exactly why I felt that way but I felt like I would probably have to do something that was oddly enough food related that's because that's the other thing I'm, mm. I'm really interested in so I was on the wait list for the BTC culinary program and during that time I started offering my floral services through my friend's catering business which is called Crave Catering and so okay. I was working for her and doing everything from some help with the actual you know prep and cooking with the chefs up to booking the events and catering the events and serving at the events and bartending and all just dipping my my toes in all of the different aspects of that. And so I was I put myself on the wait list at BTC and I was thinking that I maybe wanted to do like a food truck or a tiny little like pop-up restaurant type of situation and then I quickly realized that the flower thing was taking off. 
And so by the time I came up for the wait list on BTC and they called to tell me that I could get in, I told them to give the spot to someone else because I realized that I could do flowers. What you love. Yeah. Yeah. And I love food too, but I just love flowers a lot more. And I also function better and I'm more creative in the morning versus at night. I always say people start a business because they have this amazing talent and passion for what they do. But for you, you were like, I have the self-doubt of even being able, I know I'm good at it, but you weren't sure if you could make a living at it. Is that? Yeah, I thought I'd have to piggyback it on to whatever I was doing with food or whether it was to you know continue working for my friend Pam and doing the different parts of catering and deciding what which one of those might work best for me to try to start my own business. But yeah, for whatever reason, I didn't think that I could start it, you know, with flowers. And there are, I I wouldn't say that Bellingham is necessarily oversaturated with florists, but there definitely are a lot of talented florists in Bellingham. And so I wasn't sure how much there was a need. But what I've come to really understand is that almost in any industry, there is enough for everyone. And this is something that I actually read that Erin Benzikin wrote and she's the, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her last name. She's the owner of Florette, which is an incredibly successful floral business down based out of Mount Vernon. And she's been in Martha okay. Stewart. She's like the flower queen of Washington. And <laughs> in one of her, I think it was a blog or something. She wrote something about there being enough for everyone. And mm-hmm. that the moment that you think there's not enough for everyone, there might not be enough for you because you're not seeing yeah. it and you're letting the overwhelming feeling of there's too many competitors because everyone does things, you know, differently and they're and who the right fit for me is not the right fit for someone else. And so I think that there are ample amounts of uh, customers for florists. I think there's still more room. Our surrounding area in general, I think appreciates flowers and wants flowers at their events, whether it's weddings or anything more so than other parts of the country. There's not the same market where I'm from in Michigan. Have you done any market research to understand why? Or do you just instinctively know? Like The market research is just based on the experiences that, that my father and that other small flower growers have had in that area. So first of all, it's a very short season. There's not a lot of time for the flowers to even grow. And So people are going to have to plan way ahead of time as to whether or not they're going to do such an endeavor. And then when they do, the flowers are going to, you know, be ready however many months later. And if you don't have a market for that, you've just wasted all your time growing all of them. And people don't, even if the bouquets are priced at even $10 and $15 for what we would pay more $25, $35, like at the grocery store, people Mm -hmm. just don't, they don't buy them. They Even at the farmer's market, they don't. They're just not purchasing flowers. You now have found a place where you're able to be successful, do what you love and be in a place where there is enough for everyone. And I don't see everyone as competitors. I I look at them as resources because like you said, we all offer something different. I also look at us as like doctors or or counselors. People are going to click with me Mm -hmm. or not. And that's okay. Finding that clientele that you are looking for. Has that been difficult for you though? I have made these genuine relationships. And so when people, when flowers come up, I've got this whole, you know, team of people that are like, call Natalie. And it's, you know, it's, it's a... just been really great to see all of you know these people that I support supporting me back. So I feel like that's been a huge part of finding my customer base. And then once it goes from there, then if it's someone's aunt now, you know, 
the aunt's going to go tell the cousin. And I call myself a lot of people's family florist because I've done everything from babies' weddings to celebrations of life. Babies' weddings? So it's like, the whole, I call it the circle of life. So it's like when yes. I'm doing flowers, they're for everything from like the start of life to the end of life. Like flowers are present for all those different yeah. milestones. So that just, it's just really special. And so I feel like the customer base is something that kind of has naturally built itself. And then, of course, the internet is great. Yelp has been a big source because people have left reviews that are positive on Yelp, Facebook, Google, wherever. And so I feel like the way that the internet works now is a little less skewed towards people being able to per their SEO and, and necessarily get themselves all the way to the top. It seems like Google has become a little more cognizant of making sure that it's like they're putting people that, that have actual humans that have left positive like, reviews for them higher up. <laughs> so I've noticed in the past couple of years that the uptick on people just finding me from searching Floris in Bellingham and then seeing the reviews and then calling me because they see the reviews. Basically, you've done an amazing job of networking. You sound like the network <laughs> queen. First off, with all of the networking and the referrals, have you ever, because I have, so I'm curious, have you ever had a referral that was not a good fit for you? And how did you deal with it? Yeah, I think how that works itself out is if it's not a good fit, it just comes down to, I think really what it comes down to is budget. And so if somebody reaches out and you know, th th these are their needs, whether it's based on them telling me the actual flowers they want or the inspiration photos that they've sent. And then I communicate back with a quote. And then that's, I think that's probably the biggest point where we figure out whether or not it's going to be, um, you know, the a good fit or not. So it's majority like pricing and then like you, okay, so you sound like an angel because <laughs> if it's just pricing that you've had to face, then everyone must love you. I'm a straight shooter. And so if, if I feel like I've done something wrong, I am 100% accountable. I, I have given refunds when I felt like it was appropriate. Like the other day during Valentine's Day week, I got put on the bottom end of the totem pole for the flower deliveries. So I ended up not getting my flowers until like almost 9 p.m. And I had warned a customer oh, wow. I was getting my delivery that day and their anniversary was that day. And I didn't know when I would get it because of Valentine's Day week. But I could have also went and picked mm -hmm. it up at another florist. It was just really like lack of communication on the part of the wholesaler where I didn't really know, you know, what was going mm -hmm. on. And so in that case, I, I did my best to communicate with the customer all day long. And then I didn't, of course, charge him for a delivery fee. I upgraded the, I put, you know, more flowers than I would have normally put in the arrangement. So I, I try to take care of if there's anything that could resemble a complaint, I want to do is like double what is expected because I really, I, I feel that. like then people yeah. really feel heard. Or for example, miscommunications about what type of flower somebody wants or not realizing that someone was allergic to a type type of flower, I'll drive across town and replace the flowers in the bouquet because I just want to do my best to squash any, any problems. Yes. But that being said, there has been people that, you know, are just unreasonable. And I had a situation a few yeah. years ago and I actually did not do the thing where, you know, you just cower and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just clearly explained the reasons that she was unhappy had resulted mm -hmm. because of actions that had been taken on, on sort of their end after the flowers had left my hands. Because if you leave them outside in the right. windstorm and you don't put any water in the vase, 
it's it's not going to work out well. And that was probably the most dramatic conflict I've had with someone. And we spoke on the phone afterwards and were able to go back and forth and really explain to one another where we were coming from. And so we came came back around and are on on good terms now. And it wasn't like her wedding day had been ruined or anything like that. It was just a rough morning for everyone. Negative reviews that I have, which I don't know if they're there anymore because most of the time Yelp takes them down because they, they're like, this is fake. Yeah. There's been two different instances where I had it's basically not necessarily like a personal conflict, but I stood up for myself or stood up for others in a way that made people angry. And so they chose to then try to attack my business in a false way, which at first you wake up and you see that negative review and your stomach just you know plummets and you're like oh and it just feels terrible i will say to my community can i get some love like i'm feeling a little raw right now can i get some support and the overwhelming amount of support that i've received after being attacked for these petty reasons has made all of the pettiness just melt away I would just definitely say communication is the best way to get through it. So don't ignore it. Communicate as well as you can to be able to get through it. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to (laughs) maybe have more and more bad reviews. I don't know. But I love that you had so much support afterwards going, no, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. As a business owner, you've been in business how long? So officially April of 2015. 2015. We're going on six years almost. Has your friend group had to change? I have traditionally had a pretty hard time making like super close friends. My childhood experience of bullying had a pretty big impact on my trust levels. And then Mm -hmm. I was... I also attended a wilderness program followed by therapeutic all girls boarding school. So my journey through life has been a little, everyone's is different, but it's, there's been a lot of upheaval for me. And so I don't make, I have, I'm one of those people that I have a lot of, you know, acquaintances and a lot of people that I really enjoy talking to. I'm a total social butterfly, but as far as like really trusting people, that's something that comes a little difficult for me. So I would say one of the best things about having my business is that I have met other small business owners, mostly female, but some definitely some males too, that I trust ex- implicitly. I just that that mm-hmm. I know I can say anything to there, there's for me, they understand what it's like to drive yourself crazy and rather work 80 hours a week for yourself than 20 hours a week for someone else for the same amount of money. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but <laughs> like I feel like my friend group changed, but in the best possible uh, way. And now I have so many ladies. I don't want to start naming names because I'll forget some and then I'll feel terrible. But just, <laughs> just that's one of the best parts about being a small business owner, I think, is that squad that you get. Through the pandemic for the last year, has that affected yeah, your business? Definitely. And the weddings that I would have that were 200 plus every weekend, of course, that didn't happen. They just, they got a lot smaller. It's harder to do multiple smaller weddings versus one larger one. The likelihood that they're going to have the same color scheme. Sometimes they do just because there are some kind of popular color schemes, but a lot of times I'll be doing maybe four smaller weddings instead of one larger one. And then they all have slightly different needs. So it's just more, it's just more balls in the air and just more to juggle. But I'm 
super grateful to have been working the whole time because I know a lot of people just and still are put on hold. Did you see a decline in your gross profits or were you able to manage it? Yeah, I did not. So that was good. Yes, it definitely was. I feel like though I, my brain still hurts and I really had to hustle to make that happen, but I did. And that's great. That's what I love about another piece of this is encouraging other business owners that are struggling through this pandemic, especially this is like, who would have thought that we'd be here? And as business owners, be on your toes, be ready to put out fires. Don't stop until you get where you want to be. And when we have these things thrown in our face where we're like, okay, no one expected this. And I'm going to have to shift my business model to meet what the economy is doing. You did a great job of just going, okay, yeah, my brain hurts after that, but you were able to sustain. Okay. I'm going to ask you one last question for people that are starting out or are in the midst of changing what they're doing. And maybe they're in a similar industry pricing. Do you just follow market pricing or how do you do that? It's the market pricing because it changes all the time. For example, during Valentine's day, everything just goes sky high and it's winter time. So there's no local stuff. So it's not because the local people I don't think would probably increase their prices as much as like the wholesalers. So yeah, it's definitely it fluctuates all the time. There's things like weather last year in Ecuador, political protests along with the pandemic affected flower pricing because the farms shut down because of the pandemic. And then there was also some political protests, which led to roads being blocked. And so flowers not being able to like get to the airports and So there's just so many factors that go into it that when somebody calls schedule like a wedding console or something, there's always going to be price ranges and then we can narrow it down. And I I hope that price that I've charged to someone and promised. So I just have to hope that I've quoted enough to cover my costs if if, uh, suddenly that product becomes in short supply and the price skyrockets. Did someone teach you the basics of business and like markup and in all of that or did I you think just I learned it? I think it would be my dad because so like I said I grew up on a farm and he's sold primarily vegetables but then we would also do markets where he would I feel like most of his flower sales were actually like dried things that he would do like during the holidays and he also makes these birch bark vases and then we'll like fill those vases with evergreen and like more dried kind of holiday type of things so we would make a bunch of things and then go sell it at these markets. So I've been working for him and selling things at markets when I was too young to even make change. I remember being in the mall, which like is a <laughs> weird place for a farmer's market, but it was like literally a farmer's market, like in the middle of our mall, because it's a very small mall. And I was, my dad went to the bathroom or something and people were buying things and I was holding open the money box and letting people make their own change. Cause I didn't even know how to do that. How old were you? Yeah, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't say because my my dad would be like, "Don't tell him I, I left you alone at that age." <laughs> is there anything that you would offer as advice based off of everything that you've gone through for others to not make the same mistake? I would just say one of the biggest. I don't know if it's a mistake or what you call is just like thinking that you can't do it and waiting for a time where you feel like 
will be the right time. I feel like I'm doing it wrong every day. Like I, I question whether or not I should be not deeply the best way to blanket describe it is imposter syndrome is something that I probably have yep. almost daily, especially during this really uncertain time that we're in and everything just feels so weird. So I would say, yeah, don't let like any of that mm-hmm. self doubt or it'll be better in a year if I do it, just do it. Know that it's going to be super hard, but that it's worth it. And I think if we all were able to do that thing that inspired us, we would be more inspired to come together and to be, you know, more helpful to one another and all of those things. Because I find that small business owners tend to be some of the most generous people I meet too, as far as being philanthropic and those sort of things and supportive of other small businesses. If we could all adopt more of that attitude of like, we're in this together and that having small businesses is what really makes communities and special. I feel like when I drive down the road, I look and I go, there's a business, there's a business, there's a business owner, there's a business owner, there's a business owner. And I'm always like, I wonder what their financials look like. I wonder what their financials look like. Like we are surrounded by small businesses. Yes, there's the big box stores, but if you really look around, they're owned by, it's small business. I don't know. I'm rare, but I look around and I just think that we are a huge community and you're out there and you're doubting yourself or imposter syndrome, which I had before I started also. Just do it. We support you. If you need help, reach out. There's a community of small business owners that we're there. We're here to support you. Yeah, I think that's in, a really excellent point. In Just your journey. Reach out to the community and say, I have. I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing and I'm scared and who wants to help me? And you'll find just a, a huge amount of people that want to. I feel like yeah. another mistake that a lot of small businesses make is just opening and thinking that somehow the people will just like if you build it they will come type of thing but it is not like that at all yeah and yeah I think another thing that I see a lot of small business owners are not willing to toot their own horn promote themselves they aren't confident enough to say hey I can provide this for you and then they don't charge enough and then go downhill and so a friend of mine the other day who has a yeah. small business she was talking about how she didn't feel like she had charged enough for something or she was worried about the charging and everything and and felt like she didn't know how to make that step. I looked at her and I said, do you know that you not charging enough is also affecting me negatively? Because you are giving a person an idea of what they can get for a thing at a certain price that is unreasonable. And so then that person is going to turn around and tell their aunt that this is how much it costs. And so when you do that, you're not hurting you, you're hurting me and you're hurting every other small business. And her eyes got so big and she's like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, don't undercharge because you're, that's, you're messing with me now. <laughs> you know, and she was like, what a good way to think about it. She's like, what a good way to think about it. Cause yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, and so it's funny how we will do things because we don't want to yeah. hurt other people, but we'll think, oh, but I'm willing to hurt myself. I'm willing to hurt myself. And then those in the industry that I'm trying to yeah. <laughs> create connections with, know your value, know your worth. Even if you're having imposter syndrome, make sure that you're charging what the market is charging because yeah. you're just doing a disservice to yourself and others. And so- Know that you're worth, know that you're worth it. Know that you're good enough. So thank you so much for doing this and chatting with me and telling your story 
and pieces and things that you've learned along the way. Cause I know that there's people out there that are going to hear it and hopefully learn. Yes. So anyone that's listening, they reach out to me. I'm happy to answer questions about pretty much anything. So yeah, I'm, I, I love to share my knowledge. I think some people want to yeah. hold on to their knowledge because they feel like then that person might become a competitor. But I think it's camaraderie over competition every time because if you find yourself in a tough spot and you need some lilies or something, and I know that I can call the other flower shops in town and they're going to help me out if they've got some lilies because we're all referring each other and we're not like cutthroat competition. So yeah, it's always, I think you just got to... Yeah. Consider the people in your industry as your teammates more than competitors is how I see it. It's exactly what I was going to say. Teammates, because one, no one's going to be able to fulfill uh, like the demand. No one's going to, no one person's going to be able to fulfill that. And two, you're learning from, you can learn from them and help each other. Use each other's resources. How do people reach you? Everything is under Posey by Natalie. And I spell it with yes. a P. So P-O-Z-I-E-B-Y and then my name, N-A-T-A-L-I-E. And that's what, that's PoseyByNatalie.com. That's where you find me on Facebook, Instagram. And that's as far as I go with the social media because I don't have time to figure out like TikTok or I don't even know if Snapchat's still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> 